0: Maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, we'll continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 17 through 19. The title of this sermon is, Are You Walking the Way the World Walks? Here is the first half of this two-part study. So I simply entitled this, Are You Walking the Way the World Walks? Are You Walking the Way the World Walks? We'll look at it in three parts. The head, which is in verse 17. The heart, which is in verse 18. And the hands, which is in verse 19. The head will actually look at the intellect darkened. And then the heart will look at, Are You an Ignorant Stranger? And I know that's a rough word, right? But that's what happens when you start pulling away from God, you become an ignorant stranger, an alien, uh, alienated from God, from the life of God. And then the hands, the things that we do, the impulses that we have, are they warped in verse nineteen. So last week we actually looked at just a, a quick uh, synopsis of where we're at. We're in the uh, the book of Ephesians and uh, Paul is simply writing to the church of Ephesus, and he's writing to primarily Gentiles and some Jews. And the Gentiles themselves came from a very wicked background of false gods. They had a false god for everything. But the main thing that they worshipped in, in, in Ephesus was Diana. And, and they would worship to Diana through sexual immorality. And so Paul is trying to deal with them and and get them to understand the thing that's going to draw them together, the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, for you to be the perfect man, to be growing and become the mature man in the fullness of Christ, is that you walk together in unity in the knowledge of God, in agreement with who Christ is. One of the things he talked about is that you would no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried by every wind of doctrine, right, and, and trickery of men. And that's happening so much today. We see it. I mean, I, I, I read this week that there's an AI Jesus. There's an app. You want to speak to Jesus, you do it through the AI app. You need to stay away as far away from that stuff as you can. I don't know how else to, to tell you. You need to keep your kids away from ChatGPT. You, you, you need to be mindful of where your kids are at and what you're looking at as well. Because that's what makes it so easy for people to be pulled away and tossed to and fro because they're not grounded in God's Word. But he talked about us speaking truth and love. And so if you start going in a direction that goes against what God's Word says... Because I love you, I need to be truthful with you. Now, people don't like that. They don't want truth. They just want the love, right? Well, you're supposed to just love me. No, I'm supposed to give you truth as well. I love you enough to tell you that what you're doing is sinful and it goes against God's word. And then through all of that, he tells us that we are to be knitted together as Christ is the head. And what do we say? Without the head, the body's dead. Each of us have an integral part that we make up. The ten fingers, ten toes, the the arms, the legs, all of it together, the body of Christ. And then now what Paul is going to be talking about, he's talking about them not going back to their old ways. He's telling them that you are to be clothed in Christ's righteousness. Just as, as Lazarus is called to come forth after he's been in the tomb for four days... In John 11, verse 44, and he who 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 had died came out, bound hand and foot with with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, "Loose him and let him go." I love that because he's talking about the grave clothes. He was dead in the tomb for four days. And he's bound up and wrapped up in grave clothes. And that's what happens when you decide to put back on the old man or woman. You start wrapping yourself up in those old, stinky, messy grave clothes of the flesh. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Jesus is is reminding us that, that... you know, simply we are in First John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. It says, "...do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father but is of the world. And, and the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does his will, the will of God, abides forever." So basically what it is, is the Christian is supposed to be a boat, a ship. And you're on the water, the world. But the water is not supposed to get in your boat. as the boat of sink. You're putting off these old things. You're taking off these articles of clothing. And that's what he's, he's talking about. He's talking about the way that we... We react, the way that we handle things, the way, do, we, do we actually follow what Christ has given us to do? Are we being obedient to that? We have the perfect hope of Christ because He's the only one who could keep the law. You can't. You can't. We have grace. And so as we dive into this piece of Scripture today, I want you to remember that, that you have Grace. And this scripture, so don't look to the left or the right of you, this scripture is for you, the person in the mirror. It's not for your children. It's not for your spouse. It's for the person in the mirror. God is trying to do work in your heart, in your heart. It's so easy for us to go, oh, man. Man, if she would just do that thing that the pastor was talking about, things would change. How about you do what you're supposed to do? Right? Let's focus on the person in the mirror. And that's what we're really dealing with today. As we're putting off the old. He's not telling you to take off the grave clothes like Jesus told them. Hey, get the grave clothes off of Lazarus. No, he's telling you. You need to get the grave clothes off. Stop putting them back on. I'm taken them off of you. And so the first portion of, of our verse here is we look at the head. The head, and we're actually talking about the intellect being darkened. It says, now this I say and testify in the Lord. So we need to stop right there. Paul is not merely just trying to give us Scripture. Paul is actually testifying. Testifying and appealing in the name of Jesus Christ. This is how important this is. Paul is testifying that y'all need to listen. He's trying to get y'all to pay attention. He's like, now, this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. Now, he's telling them, look, you used to be a Gentile, and this is very important that you get this. Paul is speaking to those who are following Christ already. Do you get this? Paul is speaking to those who are following Christ. He's telling them, look, don't go back to the way that you were as a Gentile. He told us at the very beginning of this chapter what our walk was to be. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. And remember, we broke this down basically as this is because... We can speak Christianese all day long, and people don't understand that. Sometimes people don't understand what a walk is. A walk is your life in Christ, your relationship with Christ. It's like you've been called, so walk worthy of the calling. It represents your life. And he told us in in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Are you a new creation? Are you still struggling with your old thoughts and your old sins and your old way of dealing with things? Because if you're a new creation, those things shouldn't be happening. He's telling them, look, y'all can't go back to the things that you used to do worshipping false idols. Worshipping all these little gods. Practicing sexual morality as you worship. He's telling them, look, if you if you're going to walk this walk that's worthy, there should be a radical change in your life and the world should see it. Do they? See, we come out of the world and the temptation is always there, but how are you going to handle that? That's why Paul, back in Ephesians chapter 3, did what? He prayed for us. He prayed for the churches. Remember I told you that that this this letter, this uh, this, uh, circulatory letter, went around to all the churches. So it's addressed to Calvary Chapel Divine. And Paul prayed. He said, be strengthened in the inner man by the Spirit of God. To be strengthened by the Holy Spirit so you can walk this walk. Don't go back. No longer walk as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their minds. Now Paul is actually quoting Psalm 94, The Lord knows the thoughts of man that they are futile. The word futile is actually vanity. It means, uh, the word in the Greek actually means empty, lacking truth. That's what a darkened mind runs to. Things that lack truth. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And you're running to things that lack truth. Solomon, King Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 2 said, Vanity is a vanity, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities is all, is all vanity. Saul was saying like, like everything is meaningless from a human perspective without God. Without God. He goes on to say in chapter 2, and verse 11, he says, Then I looked on all the works that my hands had done, and on the labor in which I had toiled, and indeed all... Was vanity and grasping for the wind, there was no profit under the sun. In verse 17, he says, Therefore I hated life, because the work that was done under the sun was distressing me. For all is vanity and grasping for the wind. A lot of us are darkening our futile mind, thinking if I can just get that next job, that next promotion, if I can just make more money. You're grasping at the wind, without God being the center and the focus of your life. You're grasping at the wind, and the water is coming into your boat, and it's not long before it capsizes. When I think about this verse, I think about people that I've talked to one-on-one. And I've talked into Austin Carlisle of Mice and Men. And he talked about having it all. Opening for Lincoln Park. Doing the, the, the Metallica tours and stuff throughout Europe. Having the money, the women, the fame, the drugs. And it was all grasping at wind. Because there was no God. And you go, well, that's just one person's perspective. Brian Head Welch, same story. Same story. And we see it time and time again as we look for these things to fill our lives from this world that are empty and that are vanity of vanities. Without a relationship with Christ, it's just vanity. You're just grasping wind. That's why we see the world in the state that it's in right now, as they're grasping at the wind. And they'll never catch it. And they think this, and it, we've all been there, right? Okay, so I'm not, I want to make sure, because I've been there. For 39 years I did that. Well, if I just get this, then this will take care of that. And if I do this, then this will take care of that. And you know what? And it's always the next thing. Always the next what, is vanity of vanities. I didn't have God. See, we cannot walk with the world and walk with God at the same time. The world, again, is like is the, the analogy of the boat. You are to be on the water, but you're not supposed to have the water in the boat. You are to be like Teflon in the pan and nothing sticks to you. And you need to understand that you, as you are a follower of Christ, or as you're walking with God, that your labor is not in vain. Paul said that in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. What are we chasing? The largest population that, that, that is walking this earth right now is Gen Z. Okay? Born 1997 to 2012. They are the largest population walking the earth right now. Out of all the generations. Do you know what Gen Z wants? They want to be successful. But they don't want to just be successful. They want, they want their achievements to be recognized. That's why we have social networks now. So everything I do is put out there for achievements to be recognized. Right? They, they want to have fun, but they want to do the most important thing is they only want to have fun to the things that give them pleasure. So they're driven by pleasure. They look to adventure. They want to take risks. They want an exciting life. They want to be rich, they want to have lots of money, and they want expensive things. And can I tell you something? That is every generation that has ever walked this earth. So when you think that you can say this generation is worse than that generation, I was part of the generation of the 80s. We were bad. Every generation is a mess. But what your kids are dealing with is 10 times worse than whatever, what, what we deal with and you need to be sympathetic to that that doesn't mean you get away with what you're doing but that means that you need to understand that what these what the devil is doing to attract these kids into this stuff is he's trying to put this mindset in them a futile mindset that my whole purpose is to seek pleasure and to and, and the things that only pleasure me i need to satisfy that sin when I look at this, they're, they're not thinking about God. They're not thinking about the Word. They're not thinking about serving or loving others because they have a futile, darkened mind. Is that you today? A futile mind is a very narcissistic, self-serving, self-gratifying mind. The only person that you care about is you. You. That's it. And your only purpose is to satisfy that sin for that day. Because you've wrapped yourself back up into those grave clothes. And that's how you spend your day. And it's narcissistic. And it's self-serving. And you have allowed your mind to become darkened. And so that's why Paul was saying, don't go back to the, what the Gentiles do. Because that's what you used to do. So have you allowed things back into your head that shouldn't be there? And we'll talk about why and what happens to us when we, when we don't deal with a darkened mind and a darkened heart. See, when you have a futile mind, you're only thing is I need to satisfy the sin and do you understand that's a very animalistic instinct that God has not put in you like he hasn't put that in you the only thing that's driving you is your survival and your pleasure that's it that's all you care about and that's what a futile mind does now, we look at the heart. We look at the head. The heart in verse 18 is, is an ignorant stranger. And you go, man, you can't call people ignorant. I think that's half, half the problem with you all today is you don't use words that, that have a little sting to them. Man, my grandparents used to use words. It hurt, man. They didn't even have to hit you. They would hit you with something out of truth. and whoo. But ignorant, why? They're darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart. Again, you have the futile mind is darkened. But now you have understanding that's darkened. And, and this goes back to Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 with Noah. And this is our, our same thing that we're seeing in our culture today. In Genesis 6 verse 5, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. See, we lack the capacity to understand God. Because our mind has been darkened. That's what happens when your mind is darkened. You don't have the understanding. What you may have is you may have a little God that you put in your head. See, a little God will allow you to do your sin. God will just forgive me. If it's habitual, oh no, you need to deal with that. That's a little God, little g, that you put in your head. That's a preconceived God that you made up. Because you lack understanding. You're blind to God. You're blind to the understanding. And when you have that blind understanding... You don't sit in church anymore. It's not important if you come or not. It's not important if I open the word or not. Can you remember before Christ? Because I remember this. I can explain this very easily in, in my my thought life is this is like I can remember before Christ and I didn't want anything to do with church at all. At all. I can remember before Christ opening the Word of God up and I thought I was reading Chinese. I couldn't understand anything in it. I tried. And I read a paragraph and I go, okay, that's it. I'm done with that. That's what we're reverting back to. That's the darkened understanding. He's saying, don't go back to who you were where you use those excuses and we do that. We revert back and start putting those grave clothes back on and we have a darkened understanding. We become blind to the things of God, to the things of the Bible. And trust me, I've met people that can read and and to them this is just a book. They give in their heart to Christ. But there's no change in their life, and they continue to stay in their grave clothes. It's just a book. And 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 7 says, Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Because there's no heart change. Their mind is darkened. Their understanding is darkened. And that's why I read that verse. It's, it's the life of a fool. And that's what Paul is trying to get to you to understand. It's like, don't go back to the life of a fool. In Psalm 14, verse one, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. He's like, don't revert back to that. So now you see there's a darkened understanding, but he says alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. The word alienated actually in the Greek means a stranger, a stranger. Now, it's very important that we understand something and get this real clear. You do not lose your salvation. Okay? You cannot lose your salvation. But, but, you can become a stranger to the life of God. And what do I mean by that? And I'll explain that. But I want to read this verse to you to remember like, people will think for whatever reason I can lose my salvation. It's not taught like that in the Bible. Because if it was dependent on you, we'd all be done. Right? It's not dependent on us.